Hi, I'm Amy. And I'm Marcella. And we are both transracial and transnational adoptees, as well as licensed clinical social workers and trauma therapists. We have dedicated our lives to shedding light on the complexities of adoption and the system responsible for them. We have seen both personally and professionally the silent and overt struggles brought on by this trauma, and we are determined to do our part to bring about healing. We know that some of the information we share and topics we unpack may be triggering and uncomfortable at times, but we feel the only way to promote change is to be honest by sharing our truths and elevating the experiences of those in our community. We hope you will join us on this journey of listening and learning with an open heart and an open mind. Welcome to Adoptee's Dish. Hey everybody, welcome back to Adoptee's Dish. My name is Amy. And this is Marcella. We are so excited today to be joining you. This is going to be a really fun episode because I get to play like interview host because I'm so excited. Amy here, which many of you may already know, um, is a therapist, but she's also an author and wrote a children's book called Being Adopted a couple years ago now, right, Amy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple years ago. It is honestly, hands down, one of my favorite resources to offer to the kids and families that I work with. I was just telling Amy, I'm like, I see it every day when I walk into my office, right on my waiting room table. Um, but we want to give people a little bit of a feel for what that book is about. Um, hear a little bit about Amy's journey in writing this book. And I'm really excited to get to talk to you about this. I feel like, you know, somebody who, you're, you're on a book tour or something. Yay. <laughs> a book tour. No, this is fun. <laughs> this will be fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me a little bit. I know that, like I said, I, every time I see your book, I feel like, oh my God, I wish that I had had books like this when I was a little adoptee growing up. So tell everybody a little bit about like what inspired you to write Being Adopted. I think exactly what you just said. When I was a little adoptee, I didn't have very many resources or the conversations in my home around adoption were so minimal. Parents in our generation had so many fewer resources or education than is out now. And so right or wrong, parents just didn't know how to navigate the big complexities that came with this experience. The books that I do remember around adoption weren't very helpful. Some of them had racist undertones. And Mm -hmm. I just remember feeling not very connected and almost feeling more isolated in this experience because it was a cutesy little book, but it didn't really do much to validate my feelings or the experience of what it was really like to be adopted. So when I was thinking about resources and ways like pockets that I thought we could fill in the community. There aren't just Mm -hmm. tons and tons of books on adoption that I felt really were honest about the experience Mm. of adoption. So I thought, hey, I love to write. I love to be creative. I want to put out a children's book for the little me that always wanted to be validated and seen when I was little. Yeah, I think that that is the word honest really stood out to me because in the book, Um, And I won't give away too much, but I think that you really give an honest look at, you know, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the fact that like adoption in so many ways is like a both and conversation, not an either or, which I think so many books that, you know, even the limited ones I had growing up, it was very one-sided, you know, the very positive, happy-go-lucky, you know, beautiful family story. And that is absolutely part of the equation of your book, but it's not, that's not the all-encompassing theme. It's just like that we can make space for all of the stuff. Yeah. And I, 
I tried to be really intentional about the language. I wanted it to be really simple and I didn't want to have a specific character leading it because I wanted it to be any child could open it up and see themselves somewhere in that narrative. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I was really intentional about that. And I wanted to kind of figure out a way to name some of the hard and heavy and messy because that's the stuff we don't typically hear or see. We see the positive aspects of it. But mm-hmm. what's so isolating as an adopted person is when you're feeling that big, hard stuff and no one's talking about it. So you're like, oh, wait, am I crazy for feeling this way? Am I, yeah. what am I missing here? What am I doing wrong? And I never want to weaponize or villainize somebody or for feeling these big, heavy things because it's a universal, anytime another adoptee meets another adoptee, there's like this universal bond because we know what that yeah. heavy feels like. So I just wanted to name that and put, have a place to put that. And so little kids could see themselves in that narrative. That was just, important. yeah. Yeah. Which is like such a beautiful message. And I think, I don't even know if I've told you like the stories over, you know, since I got the book and I have it, you know, in my waiting room and things like I've seen, kids while I was like talking with parents or like, you know, adopted siblings that are waiting in the waiting room and they, they look at the book and even ones that can't read yet, like they're very intently looking at the pictures or, you know, they will go and show their parents like, you know, read this book to me or like, I really like this book and like all of these things. So there is such a power, I think, even though like the words are simple, right? It's not like big, huge paragraph long things that you're talking about, but it really resonates with kids like of all different ages. I love that. Thanks for that feedback. No, I cherish that. Um, when I hear stories about how kids are processing it or using it in their daily life, it it makes me, it just makes me feel so happy because that's what I wrote it for. I wrote it for yeah. little people to feel seen and and that that's so special. Yeah, yeah. And I think that from from the language also to the illustrations, which I think is so cool because you had other fellow adoptees illustrate this. So this was like a total adoptee project, which is super awesome and super cool. But can you talk a little bit about like how you were really intentional with the the pictures and the images that you put in there? Yeah, so I went more of a self-publishing route because I, one, the publishing industry just is super intimidating and it's a long process, but mostly I didn't even want to go that route or even entertain that route because once you go with a traditional publisher, you have to give up creative rights. Mm -hmm. And I was super scared of somebody taking my words and portraying images that just did not resonate or weren't representative of a honest, like honest portrayal of what I think adoption is. And so I wanted the words to be simple so everybody could see themselves. And I also wanted the images to be very representative of all different types of families and race and ages and gender and just all these different experiences that participate in this adoption narrative. And um, so I knew somebody who is an international transracial adoptee, and he also knew another amazing international transracial adoptee who's also an artist. And the three of us collabed and they really listened to what I said and they brought my vision to life. Mm-hmm. I wanted to also be so intentional about using or working with other adoptees because I wanted to show little adoptees the power of our community. And mm-hmm. when we come together together, we can create such beautiful things. Our experiences are hard, but I really wanted to set the example that we really are. I really believe that I embody that with the work that we do together, 
I really believe that we're more powerful when we're together. And I just wanted to be able to say this is created a hundred percent by adopted people. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that as you said that, like that was again, just a moment of you were being really intentional with that. And like, what an amazing way to kind of put out there how strong our community really can be. So that is like, that's, you know, that gave me chills thinking about that. Um, but I'm curious, because just as somebody who works closely with you, I know that you, you pour your heart and soul into the stuff that you do, into the projects you work on, into your clients. As an adoptee who wanted to write this, you know, kind of for your little self, like, what was that process like for you just writing this and coming up with the words and coming up with the story? Yeah, I think it was just reflecting on all the adoptees that I've met. And I tried to just encompass all of our experiences, right? Like we come from so many different beginnings. There's so many universal truths and experiences that we all can relate to. But some of us grew up in really rural communities. Some of us grew up in urban communities. Some of us grew up really loving the fact that we were adopted. Some of us grew up yeah. really being like really grieving over the fact that we were adopted, right? There's a spectrum for everything. And I wanted, again, I just wanted space for all of that to be highlighted as best I could. And mm -hmm. knowing that all of it makes sense, all of it is normal and valid to feel that way. And whether you're struggling today or tomorrow, um, there's there's community here. And I wanted people just to be able to be seen in that. So I just, I tried to take as many different areas that make up a person spiritually, emotionally, cognitively, all that, and put it in a, in a way that was relatable to kids. Yeah. And honestly, I know that we, you know, this is technically a kid's book, but honestly, even as like an adult adoptee, there's something so refreshing about reading it. Like, it's just like, it's the message that I think we all needed and deserved when we were kids, but didn't necessarily receive. And so even if you are an adult adoptee out there or, you know, are an adopted parent or whatever, like, I think that this, this book just has so much power in it and really gives, um, a clearer idea of just all of the nuances of adoption and also just kind of gives so much validation and so much like compassion. So I know even when I pick it up and read it, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this feels really, really nice. Like my inner child. Thanks you, Amy. Um, but I'm curious too, because, you know, as, as clinicians, as adoptees that put stuff out into the world, whether it's, you know, Instagram posts, whether it's trainings, whether it's stuff like the book, um, we receive like some maybe not so great feedback and there's challenges when we put stuff out there. So can you tell a little bit about like some of the, the challenges that you've kind of faced with putting this out? Yeah. What the biggest one, or I think the biggest and most disheartening one is that I show in the book, I show, um, members of the LGBTQ plus community. Mm -hmm. And I have received a lot of critique around that, how I'm fulfilling a liberal agenda or how this is disgraceful. This isn't a children's book. And it's so disheartening for me for just yeah. so many reasons. But I was very intentional to have that as a part of the narrative because there are families created through the process of adoption that identify in the LGBTQ plus community. And I didn't like, we need to address that. There's so many agencies that specifically mm -hmm. deny adoptions, whether it's sexual orientation, gender, race, and we need to be honest about how 
these resources are equitable for children, for families, and we're leaving like huge pockets of people out of the discussion if we're not honoring and seeing them and affirming them in this experience too. And so for me, it was just, it's really, really disheartening to hear that in these conversations where we're trying so abundantly to create, you know, inclusion, create equity, create more resources for families that we're still in some spaces, leaving major groups of people out of the conversation. We can never learn how okay. to address what people need if we're not giving them a voice or a seat at the table to understand their experiences. And to me, it's just super disheartening, super, super disheartening. But that's probably been the yeah. biggest challenge that I and feedback that I've received. And it, it, it doesn't hurt because somebody's knocking my work. It hurts because people can't see the whole of some people and accept them for exactly who they are. We all deserve that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it disheartening makes total sense. Right. And just, I know that it's something that, you know, stings, but not something that you take in terms of like, you know, this personal thing, but just that this, the reality is there, whether it's the adoptee themselves, whether it's the adoptive parents or caregivers, other people in the adoptive family, other people in birth family, like the LGBTQ plus community is a part of this and to have them kind of dismissed from the conversation or have there just be one, you know, idealized, you know, way an adoptive family is supposed to look. It's, it's just not, it's not the reality. And I think that, you know, by you doing that, you, you give kudos and you are, you are really intentional about that. And I think that that is what makes the book really, really powerful because no matter who you are, like there is something that you can relate to and kind of see yourself in the book. Yeah, and one of the largest growing groups of children in foster care, homeless youth, are children, LGBTQ plus youth. And so what yep. message are we sending to children that when we say that we completely deny their experience or we weaponize that against them, the whole of children deserved safety and love and affirmation and regardless of how they identify in any aspect needs to be attuned to in a very sensitive way. And I just, we have to, we like, it's not about opinion. It's not about anything. It's about literally opening our hearts and making sure that every single person touched by this experience knows that they have a safe landing when mm. everything else pushes them out. And so it, to me, it's like a non, it's a non, I have zero tolerance for any type of hate or discrimination or disrespect towards any group of people. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that for sure. Well, I'm curious, Amy, I know that, you know, just within my practice, I use this book with so many different kind of age groups. I recommend for, you know, parents to get it, to have it as a resource for home. But when you were creating this book, envisioning this book, like who was it for? Was there like a certain age range? Were there like certain demographics that you had in mind? Like what was this kind of, you know, what was the vision? Yeah, I think when I first set out to write it, I was thinking more school-aged, early school-aged, but the interesting feedback that I've gotten has been across the age, like across the lifespan, people have been using this book. Yeah, so I know that sure. some caregivers have bought it specifically just for the caregiver guide in the back. I know some people buy it for really, really young children just because of the pictures and it helps the, like a conversation around just the pictures, even if the kid is too young to understand the language. And my favorite feedback I've gotten is I know tons of adult adoptees that have bought it to explain what adoption is to their kids. And I never mm. thought of that when I wrote the book that that would be, but even in 
explaining it to my own children, my kids, mommy, let's read the book tonight that you wrote. I want to read mommy's book. I want to read mommy's book. And sometimes, interestingly enough, I get triggered by my own book. Sometimes I need to put up a barrier because like being an adoptee therapist, we never get a break from our stories, right? Like there's always like it's adoption all the time. Mm -hmm. And so when my kids want to, sometimes I'm like, okay, let's, let's read it. But it's, it's been really amazing. It's brought really amazing conversations. My son um, has asked me, mommy, I'm confused when is adoption the same as kidnapping or Mm. are you ever going to put me for adoption? And it's brought up some really deep conversations from my own biological Mm. children. And I love it because I love, I know that if, you know, he's asking these questions and he has the safety to ask these questions. There's so many adoptees out there that are able to finally have some more language around this and be able to have conversations with their caregivers in their home. So I, yeah, it's just, it's really fascinating to me to see kind of like the domino effect of where this book is. Yeah. But I can see, I can totally see as somebody who's, who's seen the book, who's read the book, that there, it is, there's so many different ways to use it, right? I even talk to parents and caregivers, like it may not be a book that you're going to read cover to cover at bedtime because the kiddo might be not be able to tolerate all of that, but you guys could do a page at a time or have them go through the pictures and see, you know, what was the picture that, you know, said the most to you or what was the, what was your favorite picture in this or what was the hardest picture to look at? Like there's so many jumping off points and conversation starters. And even for, you know, adoptive parents or people who are looking into the process of adopting, being able to have this so that you can practice how to speak about it in a trauma-informed way, you know, getting some of this, you know, language and and verbiage kind of straight in your mind um, before, you know, jumping into all of that process. And honestly, I would even argue that for people that don't have adoption directly in the family, like I talked to some of my, you know, non-adopted clients about like, this is another way of you know, families being made. This is, you know, you're bound to run across somebody at school, at soccer, and over the course of your life that is adopted. And like, what a beautiful thing for non-adopted kids and and, and, and non-adoptive families to have this be a topic of conversation too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that's, it's great. It's really cool. Yeah. You had mentioned though, Amy, the, the caregiver guide that is in the back of the book. Can you explain that a little bit for people? Yeah. So I think because I'm a social worker, I always look at things as how can this be a tool or a resource? I don't want to just, I want to be able to carry on that conversation or provide a space for more critical reflection. And this book is the first book of what I intend to be a series. And every idea I have is very different from the other book. The other, this one is just more of a general, the adoption experience. And so I wanted to give parents just a couple tips on how to have some of those big, hard, heavy questions with their kids and how to create safe spaces and how to create some felt safety around these conversations. So things like recognize your own triggers, things like be validating, honor their story, know that there's like the story that started before they entered your family and how do we create space and hold space for that? So it's just some some general tips to be able to, so parents can sit with their kids as they're processing and digesting this book. Yeah, for sure. It's super helpful. I've had a lot of really good feedback on that that was just something that could kind of ground and center 
parents and caregivers, because this, this is daunting stuff. Like this is by no means stuff that's going to be a one-time conversation or an easy conversation. And so I think that it's really helpful to know that, you know, there is a little bit of a roadmap in there. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Anything else, Amy, that you're just wanting everyone out there to know about this, this book or like messages and takeaways that you want our listeners to have? It's always exciting to be able to find creative ways to be in connection with our community. Our community is so deserving of resources and affirmation. And I, I think I encourage anybody, if there's something that you're feeling like a interest in doing or a feeling pulled or pushed to, to be creative in your own way, your voice totally matters. And our community community would absolutely benefit from you. So uh, take the risk, have fun with it. And I would love to hear what some projects you guys are all working on or thinking about, but um, no, I think, I mean, it's just, it's been really fun to see how this project has touched so many people. One of the coolest moments I will say was watching, I got a picture when it first came out of my birth mom holding my book. And it was like a very cool, big circle moment for me of seeing her hold something that um, just touched both of our lives in such an intimate and profound way. That to me is one of like the coolest things that has come out of this, this experience of dedicating my book to her and um, having her hold it and, and just embrace it. So that's been a cool well damn I literally just got like goosebumps hearing you say that like that is like that's powerful stuff right it's powerful stuff and um I think it's amazing when adoptees can share that lived experience obviously you pairing the clinical experience with this and creating you know the resources that little adoptees have always needed and always deserved. And I have zero doubts that that will bring about just so much healing for, you know, future generations of adoptees. So I thank you um, for writing this. It is, it, it is a beautiful, beautiful resource. Thank you. Yeah. So can you let people know where can they find your book? Where can they get it? Yeah. So Barnes and Noble, Amazon, even your local bookstore could order it if they probably don't have it on their shelves, but they should be able to go into the database and get it from and order it. So pretty much anywhere that you want to, if you want to support local, you absolutely can. I know most people probably get it on Amazon because of the convenience these days, but yeah, pretty much anywhere you want to, you should be able to find it. Well, definitely everybody go out and get this book. And definitely when um, you guys get it, when you read through it, write our girls some reviews on Amazon, Um, you know, get the word out there about this. This is an amazing, amazing resource for our community. And like Amy said, we would love to hear about any other projects that our fellow adoptees are working on out there please feel free to follow us and DM us on Instagram at adoptees dish podcast. And you can always send us an email at adoptees dish at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you, Amy, for all of the work that you do for our community. Um, Our community is totally better because of you. Thank you. See you later guys. Thank you so much for listening to Adoptees Dish. We want to give a special shout out to Patreon, Spotify, iTunes, and Anchor. If you like what you heard and want to support our work or allow us to have amazing guests on our show, please consider making a donation. We can be reached on Instagram at Adoptees Dish Podcast, at Grohio Blossom, and Marcella Maslow. 
And you can send us emails at adoptiesdish at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and join us next week for our next episode. Please share this podcast. Talk to others about things you learned. Together, we have the potential to heal broken systems.